Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. The Uncovering of Molecular Babylon is on the agenda today with Sharon and Derek Gilbert. But first, I want to tell you about this year's Southwest Radio Church calendar. This year, we're focusing on the Jewish roots of Christianity. The script for this year's calendar was written by Larry Stamm and is based on his book entitled Jewish Roots of Christianity. This year, our calendar is a 16-month calendar and features all major biblical and Jewish and Israeli holidays, plus U.S. holidays. All dates are in both Jewish and Gregorian systems. Each day contains scripture references to help you read through the Bible in a year. Friends, you'll be blessed by the gorgeous photos and artwork. Each month spotlights an event in Jewish history and prophecy. And I'm excited to announce that part of the proceeds from each calendar go to the Onesimus Prison Ministry. When you order a calendar, a calendar is also sent to a prisoner. So order the 16-month Jewish Roots of Christianity calendar today, 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order online, swrc.com. Remember, for every calendar you order, a calendar will be given to a prisoner free of charge. What a great way to encourage others and share hope with those in prison. Order the brand new 16-month calendar today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. We have special pricing available on bulk orders with free shipping on all orders over $100. 1-800-652-1144 or order online swrc.com. Dr. Larry Spargimino welcomes Sharon and Derek Gilbert back to the microphone to continue their discussion about what is being done to human DNA and its effects on you. Well, friends, we're back with Sharon and Derek Gilbert. We are having a crash course in prophecy, genetics, and the attempted destruction of humanity. One of the items that we're offering is the book, I Predict What 12 Global Experts Believe You Will See Before 2025. And the other is a DVD titled Molecular Babylon. These are presentations by Sharon Gilbert from past conferences. So we have a book and a DVD for you. I think after these programs, you'll want these materials. This is a fascinating topic. It's very relevant. Sharon and Derek, thanks again for being with our Southwest Radio Church listening audience and for all the research and writing that you've done. Thank you for having us back, Larry. We're delighted to be here. It's an honor. We really appreciate your ministry and the way you think out of the box. <laughs> it's such a rare combination, theologically conservative, but intellectually open. Yeah, I love that. I just love this kind of stuff because sometimes I think we fall into a box. It's very easy to live in a box. You know why? Because we know exactly where everything is. But when you follow the truth, when you follow the Word of God, when you allow the Holy Spirit to direct you, then life is exciting. And guess what? You learn what God really wants you to learn. And that's how I feel. I know that's how you feel as well. Let's talk a little bit about a show many years ago, The Prisoner, starring Patrick McGowan. I used to look at that, and it gave me the creeps. What's so significant about The Prisoner and Patrick McGowan? I think he passed away a few years ago. 
I remember it was in a summer. Was it 67? 67. Yeah. 13 episode show, I think, because it was a summer replacement. And McGowan was behind a lot of the production. He mm. starred in it. I think he directed one or two episodes. Yes. He produced it, so he had a lot of input. And he was making a commentary on the British political system at the time because he felt that the citizens of Great Britain were moving into a socialist panopticon mm. world mm. where everything they did was programmed for them. And if they tried to get out, they would essentially, <laughs> as the prisoner is, in a metaphorical wow. way, be drugged and reprogrammed. Yes. But he essentially is playing. If you've ever seen the Secret Agent show, it was yes. called Danger Man over in the UK, but Secret Agent over here. He essentially is playing that character who finds out that he's been tricked and resigns and goes back to his apartment to pack up and leave, and he's drugged through a gas that goes through the keyhole. He wakes up in the village, just the village. It doesn't even have name. It's generic. Mm -hmm. And wow. none of the uh, residents of the village have names. They all have numbers. And yes. He, yes. He's to as number six, and mm -hmm. he insists, I am a man. I am not a number. And that's no coincidence. Yes. Six being the number of a man. Yep. I think what's significant is, and you touch on it several times, and I'm hearing it now in your voice and in our conversation, the influence that this kind of thing is having, the textbooks, young adult fiction, Social media posts their parents never see, where teens are radicalized online. Wives and husbands are lured from their families by online trysts and pornographic websites. On and on and on. Horoscopes, alien archaeology, panspermia, paganism, feel-good psychology, diluted gospel and veiled propaganda are published daily to make publishers rich, and it's devastating our boys and girls. Now, Tell us about kids a little bit. What's happening to them today and how are they being affected? And how can we as parents and grandparents keep them safe or at least insulate them? My heart breaks for today's children. Mm. For one thing, they're living in an artificial construct called social media. And they seem mm. to think that that is the real world. They think that the people they, they're communicating with across the world are real people. They're not always real people. Sometimes they're predators. They can be radicalized, as you said, but they're also programmed to believe that they have to look and behave in a certain way. They have to like the right things. They have to go to the right places. They have to have the right sort of shape to their bodies. It reminds me of a Twilight Zone episode. I don't know if you remember it, but a girl who is plain is told by her beautiful mother that now she's 18, she is qualified for the surgery, the transfer to a beautiful body. And there are two female patterns to choose from, just as there are two male patterns to choose from. I think we're seeing that today. We, we have, I won't even name them, but there are feminine idols that are on social media and on television and movies that have a very voluptuous shape to them, but that's not a natural shape. And they have a specific look to their face that is not a natural look, but it's all the same. They're being turned into little duplicates of one another, little clones. And getting back to your reference to the prisoner and the idea of the panopticon, which was a new style of prison that was invented by a philosopher and architect in the late 17th century, early 18th century, named Jeremy Bentham, right. where there was a central guard tower in the center 
of a prison that was organized in a ring around the central observation tower so that the prisoners could be observed at any time or all the time, but they never knew when they were being watched. So they tended to self-censor. They tended to self-police so that their behavior would never get them in trouble. And that's what we're seeing in this civilization, and what Sharon described is one of those manifestations. Mm. They know that they're always going to be on a video camera somewhere. Real life is viewed through a cell phone camera. And so because they're always being observed, they behave in a certain way. They cry out, diversity, diversity, (laughs) while being pushed to conform to a single identity. And that is what the prisoner was about, and that's what we're seeing in the modern world. It is ironic that universities are called universities because they are imposing a unity of thought where they're supposed to be encouraging diversity of thought. Anyone who steps out of line is being punished, and social media is this virtual panopticon that is always watching and enforcing the rules. Reading a little bit of Jeremy Bentham, the fellow that originated the Panopticon, wanted all prisoners of an institution to be observed by a single security guard without the inmates being able to discern whether or not they're being watched. So like you say, it was a continuous thing, self-censorship, because we know some people might be offended when we mention the name of Jesus. A lot of people won't mention the name of Jesus. So that has a stifling effect on our witness, on our Christianity. And I think even some Christian shows, now not yours or not mine, we kind of pull back a little bit because we don't want to be offensive. We know that there are so many snowflakes out there that might get really angry. And that is not a good thing because I think it stifles, number one, our religious freedom. We do have the freedom and the right to speak about Jesus, to speak about the second coming, but it also stifles creativity. And I think, like you say, we're being molded by one mind to agree with that one mind. That is not a good thing. No, absolutely. And in some manifestations, it is just so illogical that it has to be spiritual. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is no scientific basis for us to conclude that gender is a spectrum, and yet anyone who dares suggest, as J.K. Rowling is finding out, don't know what her beliefs are, but she... She writes about magical worlds. Yeah, yeah, she writes about the occult, essentially, and normalizes it for young readers. But she is drawing the ire of those on the other side, yeah, because she dared to suggest that there is a difference between boys and girls, (laughs) and she has transgressed. It is really ironic that those who profess no faith whatsoever in Jesus Christ are the most energetic about enforcing blasphemy laws. (laughs) They've got their own blasphemy laws, and they enforce them far more intensely than we in the Christian Church have for many, many centuries. Well, you know, it's easy for us to complain about it, and I think we should mention it, but at the same time, every one of these individuals is someone that the Lord died for. Mm -hmm. Every one of these individuals is someone the Lord loves, and so we should take every opportunity possible to pray for them, and whenever the Lord allows us to witness to them. And that's really the thing to remember, because as Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, we're not wrestling against human opponents. We're not contending with them. It's the spirits behind them, the principalities, powers, cosmic rulers over this present darkness, the people whose faces we see throwing Molotov cocktails, for example, in Portland or Seattle, the people who are protesting outside the Supreme Court, they are really human shields for these fallen entities. They're being used as dupes, and they're diverting our attention away from them. We 
direct our anger and our retribution on them instead of praying for them that they would break free or that they would be freed from the bondage that they don't even know they're in. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons that the Lord tells us to turn the other cheek. <laughs> right. We need to remember that, and I think that's very important. But let's talk a little bit about germline engineering. Now, you talk about altering a somatic cell only affects the current person, but altering and editing a reproductive cell can affect all descendants. So actually, if we change one reproductive cell today, that could have a dramatic effect in 20 years or 30 years, could it not? It absolutely could. Gametes are the egg and the sperm, the ova and the sperm. If you alter the DNA within those, then it will alter the descendants of that individual. If you only alter, say, my skin cell, it's just going to alter my skin. And not for very long, because the skin cells replace themselves so quickly. I think that there is a move toward trying to create a new generation, and this is a spiritual thing, that the fallen realm, because they cannot have their own children, they cannot reproduce amongst themselves, they have to find ways of using human capabilities of reproduction to create their own new bodies, the new fit extensions for their demonic children. When the flood came, it destroyed the bodies that belonged to the giants, the Nephilim. But those spirits still inhabit the world as demons. Right. Well, Derek and I believe that the fallen realm daddies have promised their kids, we're going to give you new bodies. We're going to resurrect you into new bodies one day. So just hold on, give us some time, work with us here, and we'll get you some new bodies. Well, where's that going to come from? Hmm. The only body-making machine on (laughs) Earth is a human being and maybe an animal. Yep. And what's really interesting is that we see a hint of this prophesied in Ezekiel's prophecy of the War of Gog and Magog. And this was what really blew my mind when I stumbled across this. And actually, it was, again, to bring up our friend Dr. Michael Heiser Mm -hmm. again. I was listening to his commentary on Ezekiel 39, and he mentions that in verse 11 where God tells Ezekiel, I will give to Gog a place for burial in Israel, the valley of the travelers east of the sea. It will block the travelers. There's an entry in the Dictionary of Deities and Demons in the Bible for travelers. And Mm. scholars agree that the term there is essentially referring to unseen spirits. And then you learn that travelers was a term that was literally used by the ancient Canaanites for the spirits of the Rephaim. In other words, the spirits of the giants destroyed in the flood of Noah. It's like, wait a minute! (laughs) These texts, the Canaanite texts, refers to them as warriors of Baal. Mm -hmm. Ezekiel says they will be part of this war of Gog and Magog, which we have argued in our books is to be equated with the war that ends at Armageddon. So we think what we're looking at is the return of these entities in a demonically possessed army. Now, where will those bodies come from? Could this be a DARPA super soldier project? Can we create skin suits that can be inhabited by Mm -hmm. an external entity? Perhaps. That's really speculative. We don't know. If skin suits are operated by an algorithm, an artificial intelligence that is claimed to be sentient, one has to ask, how did it get sentient? Mm -hmm. Mm, Yeah. Maybe it's just inhabited. Well, with all of the experimentation, DNA stuff and so on and so forth 
some of the fears that that is very pervasive about COVID vaccines. And then especially since it's, what do they call it, mRNA technology, originally gene therapy. And then we have vaccine mandates. And some people, I think, are really concerned about that. What is your take on all of this? It seems to me that with all that's happening in genetics and gene mutation and stuff like that, that this is kind of creepy. And I don't want to be mean and I don't want to be, you know, against the powers that be. But I think people have a reasonable, good foundation for being concerned about COVID vaccines, especially when like at China Lake, the Naval Weapons Laboratory, where we need a lot of great scientists because China has so many great scientists. And yet if these guys won't take a vaccine, they're being fired. What's going on? Give us your take on that. Well, first of all, the technology is really very new and it got approved in an extremely rapid process. The idea of DNA or RNA vaccines has been proposed for decades and has been turned down for decades mm. because it was never proved to be successful, nor was it proved to be safe in the long term. Right. I know that there are some people that we know who are Bible-believing, absolutely born-again believers that have taken the vaccine because they've been in a position where they had no choice. Derek and I are of the opinion, put science aside, understand that Jesus Christ will never, ever allow someone to come in and remove your free will, ever. Free will is the bedrock of who we are. Adam sinned because he had free will. The fallen angels sinned because they had free will. The very first rebel sinned because he had free will. The Lord didn't make a bunch of automatons. He made us to be part of his divine assembly. He made us to have thought and opinions of our own. That requires free will. So I don't believe he will ever take that away from you. So if you are forced to do something, don't despair that the Lord is going to remove your access to the throne, that he's going to remove your access to heaven. I don't believe that these vaccines have that capability within them. I sort of question their safety, but I don't believe that they're altering your DNA. Okay. Let's just say that I've looked at the process, and I cannot see at this point that it has the capability of really altering your DNA. Mm. Now, does that mean it will one day do that? Possibly, I don't know. But based on what is out there right now, I think it's just, it's frankly a failed project. Mm. Wow. Well, I know uh, Dr. Fauci got sick, and President Biden got sick, and... Exactly. It exhausts your immune system. As we're recording this today, it's being reported now that the CEO of one of the companies that marketed this gene serum has reported is admitting that he is sick. He's been vaccinated four times and now he's taking the antiviral pill. <laughs> that doesn't work. Yes, exactly. I think the fact of a mandate... And I think President Biden is very unpopular with many people, even with Democrats. And then when he mandates something like this and when key people in science and high-tech military weapons are just dropped and they're just fired, and even when 1,400 nurses who were heroes and heroines in New York City when it first happened, when COVID came out, that they won't take it, that says something okay. to me. And I think people need to be careful. Oh, I agree. I'm all about trying to be as healthy as I can be. So is Derek. I think that's the real secret to not getting sick. Sharon and Derek, this has been fascinating, and you've done such a wonderful job, and I'm all 
revved up here and excited. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having us, Larry. Always a pleasure, Larry. Anytime. The complete two-day conversation on Molecular Babylon with Sharon and Derek Gilbert is available on CD when you call 1-800-652-1144. Sharon Gilbert's explosive DVD, Molecular Babylon, is available today when you call the toll-free number 1-800-652-1144 or you can order online, swrc.com. Over four hours of information and analysis. Learn all the details in the DVD, Molecular Babylon. Free shipping available on all orders over $100. Call today, 1-800-652-1144. Or you can visit swrc.com. James Collins comes now to share an encounter he had with a police officer and what the Bible says about our status with the law. The Bible says in Romans chapter 7 and verse 7, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. You know, a while back I had an encounter with a police officer. Get out of the car, the police officer said. As I was getting out of the car, my wife Amanda yelled, Officer, I told him to slow down. The policeman smiled and said, Where are you going in such a hurry? I had my Bible in my hand, and I reached back and laid it up on the dashboard. I wanted the police officer to know that I was a man of God. I said, You know, officer, I'm a preacher. And I'm on my way to minister to a family and preach a funeral down the road here at Crossroads Church. The police officer looked at me. He smiled and said, I know. I was at the church when you preached there the last time. I know who you are. I thought, oh no. I began to think this wasn't going to go my way. My wife, Amanda, and I were on our way to a funeral in southeast Oklahoma. The funeral was at a church where I had preached before. We were almost there when I saw a blue flashing light behind me. The police officer pulled me over on the main road going to the church. The entire time that I was standing on the side of the road, people from the church were driving by. They were honking and they were waving at me. You know, it's difficult to be spiritual on the side of the road when the police have you pulled over. The policeman said, I clocked you doing 47 in a 40 mile per hour zone. When he said that, I got mad. I was furious. Seven stinking miles an hour? Are you kidding me? The police officer pulled me over for seven stinking miles an hour? I was trying to smile at the man. I thought if I appeared upset, the police officer would surely give me a speeding ticket. So I tried to smile, but on the inside, I was aggravated. I kept thinking, seven stinking miles an hour? I'm going to get a ticket for seven stinking miles an hour. Finally, the police officer looked at me. He smiled and said, Preacher, I'm going to give you what you gave me the last time you preached at church. I'm going to give you a warning. After he gave me the warning, I got back into the car to drive away. I was still furious, and Amanda said, I told you to slow down. I was so aggravated, I kept thinking, I wasn't going that fast. Who would pull somebody over for only being seven stinking miles an hour over the speed limit? After a few minutes, I pulled the car out 
into the road, and that's when I finally saw the speed limit sign, 40 miles an hour. Then it hit me. I was guilty. Guilty as charged. The police officer was right. I had broken the law. There was no doubt. I was guilty. But the policeman showed me grace. You know, friends, you and I were all guilty. You may not drive too fast, but you are a guilty sinner. Some people think, I've never killed anyone. But the Bible says if you've broken one of the Ten Commandments, you have broken them all. You're guilty. You can't separate the law from grace when it comes to salvation. It's by the law that we know we are sinners. Have you ever stolen something? An answer from somebody's test? A nickel from off of your dad's dresser? A piece of gum from your sister's pack of gum? $10 million from your company? Sometime in your life, you've probably stolen something. How many lies have you told in your life? How many times have you used God's name in vain? God gave you life and you have used his name as a cuss word. That's called blasphemy. How many times have you committed adultery? Jesus said that whoever looks at a woman with lust has committed adultery in his heart. Have you ever looked with lust? Even if you've not committed the physical act of adultery, you have looked with lust. This statement, all have sinned, is found in Romans 3.23. There the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Basically, the Bible teaches that we're all lawbreakers because sin is a violation of God's law. When you look at this verse, the first word I want you to focus on is all. That means there is no one, no one left out. Right before this verse, Paul says that there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. That means that every person ever born on the face of this earth has fallen short of God's requirement. That makes us all, all sinners. What I'm trying to tell you is this. We are all guilty. Sinfulness is the general characteristic of all mankind. We are all guilty before God. We are all sinners by nature and by our own acts of transgression. So to bridge that gap between a holy God and guilty sinners, the Lord Jesus Christ came into the world. He died on an old rugged cross to pay the price for our sins. Faith in Jesus is the way to forgiveness and to a new relationship with God. All you have to do is admit you're a sinner, turn from your sin, and trust that Jesus died and rose from the grave for you. And then invite Jesus Christ to come into your life. Like the policeman gave me that day, God gave us the law as a warning. You know that you're guilty. Trust in Christ and receive Him as Lord and Savior. Do it today. This could be your final warning. This is James Collins reminding you that the Bible says, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. What are the ramifications of the new discoveries of DNA? Does the Bible warn about tampering with God's design? Find out in Sharon Gilbert's DVD, Molecular Babylon. These cutting-edge presentations by Sharon Gilbert include over four hours of information. Order Molecular Babylon today when you call 1-800-652-1144. Or order online, swrc.com. 
www.ghostbusters.com. That's 1-800-652-1144. Have a wonderful weekend, my friends. And remember, God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com. Thank you.